Welcome to the Daily Stoic Podcast. Each day we bring you a meditation inspired by the ancient Stoics, illustrated with stories from history, current events, and literature to help you be better at what you do. And at the beginning of the week, we try to do a deeper dive, setting a kind of Stoic intention for the week, something to meditate on, something to think on, something to leave you with, to journal about, whatever it is you happen to be doing. So let's get into it. Dell TechFest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time, only save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. That's dell.com slash deals. Don't be so tough. There's no question that the Stokes were tough. Marcus Aurelius lived with chronic pain. Epictetus did too, after having made not so much as a sound when his master cruelly broke his leg. Both Seneca, who suffered asthma his whole life, and Cato, bravely faced painful deaths, and countless other Stoics endured exile and loss and injury. So yes, the Stoics were tough, but people get this philosophy wrong when they think that to feel pain or want to avoid pain is weak. The writer Derek Thompson, responding to a certain masculine antipathy towards COVID safety protocols early on in the pandemic, called this COVID stoicism. Now, he happened to be conflating stoicism, the philosophy, and stoicism, the word, but that's sort of the point. Lots of Stoics do this too. They don't want to look stupid, so they won't wear a helmet. They don't want to acknowledge trauma or emotion, so they stuff it down. They don't want to be vulnerable, so they close their hearts to other people. They don't want to admit they made a mistake, so they keep on making it. It's ironic. A fear of looking weak ends up making them very weak. We all do some version of this. We're too tough for our own good, too tough to change, too tough to protect ourselves, too tough to get help, too tough to learn, too tough to grow, too tough to be strong. And so we inevitably grow weaker as a result. Maybe not so weak that we become vulnerable to the whims of fate, but certainly enough that we risk never achieving our full potential and doing the things we were put on this earth to do. Always ask yourself this question. Much of what we do and say during the course of a week is completely unnecessary. Meetings, material possessions, confrontations, pursuits, pointless distractions and problems. They take us away from tranquility and purpose. And a Stoic cuts through these temptations and obligations by asking a simple question, a question that should lead you in your journaling and thinking this week. It is this, before speaking and acting or buying something, just ask, is this a necessary thing? This is from today's entry in the Daily Stoic Journal, 366 Days of Writing and Reflection on the Art of Living by yours truly, Ryan Holiday. You can get it anywhere books are sold. I do it every single morning, including this morning. And uh, you can also buy a signed copy in the Daily Stoic store. But today's quotes, we have one long quote from Marcus Aurelius and one short one from Seneca. Marcus Aurelius says, It is said that if you want to have peace of mind, busy yourself with little. 
But wouldn't a better saying be do what you must and as required of a rational being created for public life? For this brings not only the peace of mind of doing few things, but the greater peace of doing them well. Since the vast majority of our words and actions are unnecessary, corralling them will create an abundance of leisure and tranquility. As a result, we shouldn't forget at each moment to ask, is this one of the unnecessary things? But we must corral not only unnecessary actions, but unnecessary thoughts too. So needless acts don't tag along after them. That's our translation from the Daily Stoke and the Daily Stoke Journal. Let me give you Gregory Hayes, which I also really like. He says, if you seek tranquility, do less, or more accurately, do what is essential, what the logos of a social being requires, and in the requisite way, which brings a double satisfaction to do less better, because most of what we do and say is not essential. If you can eliminate this, you'll have more time and more tranquility. Ask yourself at every moment, is this necessary? But we need to eliminate unnecessary assumptions as well to eliminate the unnecessary actions that follow. And then our second quote from Seneca is, I was shipwrecked before I even boarded. The journey showed me this, but how much of what we have is unnecessary and how easily we can decide to rid ourselves of these things whenever it's necessary and thus never suffering the loss. That's moral letters. 87.1. So to me, the pandemic has been a masterful teacher in this regard. How much of the things we thought were unchangeable parts of the job, fixed obligations due to this profession or school or whatever it was, that the pandemic said, nope, all of it's flexible. Most of it doesn't need to be done at all. And most of the way that it is done can be done differently. And I feel like it's been this massive, you know, shared lifestyle experiment. And I found that so much of what I was doing was one of the unnecessary things. So much of what I was doing and saying and thinking and being a part of was not one of the essential things. So you really need to stop and ask yourself this question. Is what I'm doing necessary? Why am I doing? Is it just the way people have always done it? Again, most of what we do and say and think is not necessary. It's not even particularly effective or well thought out. And so to question this is really important. And it's not just like, oh, you're privileged, you don't, you don't, you you have a choice, that's why you're not doing it. It's actually not about privilege at all. In fact, it's the privileged people who can afford to do more unnecessary things, more pointless things, right? It's actually at this point in my career, I have the luxury of, you know, taking a lot of time off to let's say do press for a book. It was actually earlier in my career that the costs of agreeing to this pointless stuff were much higher, but I wasn't aware of it. I wasn't fully understanding of the opportunity cost, how much this was taking me away from writing, how much this was taking me away from relationships, how much this was just taking me away from recovering and refreshing so I could go back to my work from a fresher point of view. And this is what I wanted to leave you with today. Take a minute, stop, ask yourself, is what I'm doing necessary? How much of what I'm doing is unnecessary? And how can I eliminate some of that stuff so I can do the essential things better, right? I'm doing less, but I'm doing all my stuff better now. And uh, that's, that's part of the new normal that I'm trying to protect coming out of the pandemic. And I hope that's true for you as well. Thanks so much for listening to the Daily Stoke podcast. If you don't know this, you can get these delivered to you via email every day. Check it out at dailystoke.com slash email.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to The Daily Stoic early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen early and ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. From Wondery, this is Black History For Real. I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Conscious Lee. What do most <laughs> people think about when they hear the words Black History? Rosa Parks, Reconstruction, MLK, February, Black History Exactly, Mom. exactly. There are so many stories of Black History that we just are not really talking about or thinking about, especially outside of February. And we are about to flip the script on all of that. Because on this show, you're going to hear a little less... In August 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. And a little bit more. She is a heroine to some. As a fighter for black rights, she is a villain to others. Follow Black History for Real on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen everywhere on February 5th, or you can listen early and ad-free on Wondery Plus starting January 29th. Join Wondery Plus on the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus.